We will come back to that, but first let's deal with what's going on in Auckland, Coromandel, also Northland. Simon Wilson, Herald Senior Writer and Claire Delore Journalist. Hi, you two. Hi, Heather. All right, Claire, Auckland Grammar, right? The only school to open today while the weather wasn't that bad, copped heaps of criticism online, but as I say, opened when the weather wasn't that bad. Have they been vindicated? (laughs) Well, I think they have so far. If you give discretion to schools, you have to expect that they might use it. And Tim O'Connor, I think, is quite well known as a conservative headmaster, and he decided he wanted the kids in school. Now, he has to answer for whether he's adhered to a risk assessment and also to the parents and to his board. As it turned out, it seems that everyone got to and from school who attended without incident. So, you know, I think he did make the right decision for his school. Simon? I think that's probably right. It's a it's a very difficult situation in Auckland at the moment. Two weeks ago, we had, as everyone knows, a complete lack of information about what to do. So there were it was a dangerous lack. Now this time, uh, the authorities, in different ways, are trying to be as responsible as they can, and that has led the transport. Um, uh, people, Auckland Transport and the council and the government to say, stay off the streets if you can, stay home if you can. Uh, But it's also led the Ministry of Education to say it's up to each school to decide. Uh, There's a little bit of a conflict in there. Um, I think Claire's absolutely right. If you leave it to the individual schools, you're going to have some that will stay open and they'll take the consequences. It doesn't need a big pylon for them. Um, You know, we've, we've got this thing that happens where Somebody makes a decision and, and, and there's just this enormous pile on if, if others don't agree. And, and, and actually, this wasn't a biggie, and it certainly wasn't a biggie today. The storm is getting worse right now in the city, uh, but it wasn't bad during the day. Simon, he says, this is Tim, Tim says that we are far too quick to shut schools down. Do you agree? Um, I... I'm not sure that I agree. I um, have been massively in favour of uh, taking a very cautious approach over COVID with schools. Um, uh, and that's really what he's talking about. Uh, so I'm not sure I'd agree with him on the that. The problem there, though, Claire, is that we now have, I mean, and, and, and look, it's very tempting to draw a line between the two things, right? You, you, we, we shut down schools consistently, especially in the biggest city of the country. And now we've got a major truancy crisis. Are they linked? Yeah, well, well, most probably because a lot of kids have become habituated to not attending school. And unfortunately, there's a cohort of parents who don't uh, feel the same imperative to get the kids back into the school habit. And there are some who have no control over, you know, teenagers who cannot be uh, manhandled back into school, you know, physically. So the currency issue is quite a major thing, I think, for for New Zealand to face up to. We are actually having kids missing significant amounts of school and we have very, you know, um, we have decreasing educational standards. And I think we really have to think long and hard about how to address it. I think a truancy package is in the offing from what Mm. we hear and let's hope that it's got some sort of teeth to it. All right, back with you guys and just tick Simon. So um, <laughs> the Taxpayers' Union, again, wants Eleanor Catton to pay back the money, but especially the money that she was given after she was successful. What do you say? <laughs> I, I think it's an extraordinary idea. I, I, I listened to what Jordan Williams was saying, the poor, poor wee thing. Um, she was punching down to him. They're a very powerful organisation in this country. They're not in any way punching down. Um, one of the I, I heard it on O'Catton's interview, and and one of the things that was I think upsetting to her was that what the taxpayers' union did was open a door for 
one of those enormous pylons that I was just saying we shouldn't have. Um, she got so roundly abused over and over and over and over um, in a really toxic way, and it went on for a long time. Hey, but and, you know what? That is not the fault of the taxpayers' union. Well, that is I the fault know. of all I those numpties out there. On It happens, Simon. I know it happens a lot. Happen, think, these people need to take responsibility. People like, ta- people like the taxpayers' union could act a little more responsibly with it. That's the first point. But the second thing is, um, you know, arts funding is not doesn't doesn't and mustn't come with strings attached. It doesn't buy the silence of the artist if they want to criticise the government or criticise the country or whatever. It should not in any way reflect their funding. That's the next point. And the last one is, you know, we have a we have a good system in this country uh, where people who are up and coming as artists can apply for money. Most of them don't get money. Some of them do. They're lucky with that. Uh, And we also reward people mid-career and later career if they win awards. Um, And some of those awards come from government. And and I think that's all a splendid system that does enable people to aspire to having careers. There there, there might be a point here, though, Claire. If if, if somebody is, I mean, I don't know how you measure it, but if somebody is reasonably successful, what are we doing paying for the books to be translated into a whole bunch of different languages? Well, I'm not sure about that point and what the origin was of that that particular agreement, but this iteration, this current iteration between Alan and Kath and the Taxpayers' Union, it's just so tedious. I mean, honestly, there are bigger things to worry about in the world than this. I do sometimes, in terms of the general principle, wonder why we don't have, for example, when helping to fund, uh, for example, the Lord of the Rings movies and the tax arrangements there, why we don't have some sort of clawback when it hits a certain level of profitability so that we can have some of that back for the New Zealand taxpayer to reinvest in arts and culture, for example, and new grants to new filmmakers. But we don't seem to do that. I don't mm. know why, but maybe because the studios are too powerful. But, you know, that's a, that is a connected argument. But the current one, I find it really tedious. All right, Simon, can I get your take on what's happening with the National Party, whether they've got a problem with Chris Luxon? You've got the Taxpayers' <laughs> Union Curia poll out today, right? Chris Hipkins is sitting on a favourability plus 27, Luxon yes. negative 5 and falling from negative 1 to negative 5. What do you reckon? The graph is extraordinary, isn't it? There's just this enormous hockey stick growth for, for Hipkins. Um, he's gone higher than, than uh, Jacinda Ardern was for quite a long time now. Uh, and and Luxon uh, looks like he might be about to fall off a cliff, really. Um, I think they do have a problem, um, but I, I don't know that it's an insoluble problem for them. Um, all Chris Luxon really has to do uh, is start speaking more plainly and telling us what his government's going to do. Yes. You know, the slogan is, we're going to get things done. Just tell us what, Chris, yeah. and we'll be happy, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, too right. Claire, what do you reckon? Would you, if you were in there right now, would you do the switcheroo? Would you would you go buy Luxy Incomes Willis? No, I would not. And I think the one thing that you can say about Chris Luxon being the leader of the National Party is that by and large they have fallen in behind their leader for the meantime. This whispering that's going on, I guess, you know, was probably inevitable with the polls, people getting a little bit panicked. What are we going to do if, for example, he doesn't take off in the public imagination? But I think it's a bit, it's a bit early, but they do need to work on it. And I, th- I think he needs... To actually have a framework behind the things that he talks about, you know, a framework of what he believes in and general sort of 
policy development and what's driving it because sometimes he's having to backtrack yeah. on something he said that contradicts yes. where he was a week or so ago this is, or where the National Party is. All so three of us... A framework and agreeing with it. Yes, all, with it. all three of us have come to exactly the same conclusion, which is their problem is not Chris Luxon, it's the fact that he's got nothing to talk about and so he's flip-flopping all over the show trying to figure out what he stands for. Right, guys, thank you. Appreciate it. Claire Law journalist Simon Wilson, Herald Senior Writer. 